0: The fog, out of the night, and into his American adventures comes Bulldog Drummond. <laughs> thought of something a friend had asked me the night before. Drummond, he said, what is it that made you become a detective? You're not in it for money, and more often than not, you place yourself in unnecessary jeopardy. I don't get it. What's the angle? The angle, I told my friend, is the element of surprise, which turns seemingly dull situations into gripping experiences and prosaic places into areas of excitement. I suppose my answer was a bit flamboyant, but if my questioning friend had been with me on that subway trip, he would have readily seen what I meant. A subway car at one o'clock in the morning. A subway car just like thousands of others. This one empty, save for Denny, me, and the unkempt man who slouched in sleep across the aisle from us. Captain Drummond, just how far are you going to let this thing go? To the last stop this train makes, Denny. Hidden, sir, to the end of Brooklyn. If necessary. But as I said, sir, it could only be a practical joke. It could be. And more than likely is. It has all the elements of one. Just examine it. you get a midnight call from a strange man. He says his name is John Smith. Yes, but don't forget he said it wasn't his name. He just uses John Smith. No, yes, yes, I know, because he can't remember who he really is. That often happens, amnesia. But what about that nonsense of his life being threatened by Jin Sue? Tin Sue, Denny. Tin Su. Tin Sue, Jin Sue. What's the difference, sir? You tell me what or who Tin Soo is. I don't know. I told you he hung up when I asked him. Of course he did, because it's part of the game. A strange man telephones, tells you his life is in danger, and asks you to get on the first train that pulls out of the 96th Street Subway Station after twelve thirty-five. He says that he will contact you with the stone, the green stone. Deck. All right, the green stone. You fall for the hoax, and here we are in the middle of the night, riding out to Flatbush. Now, really, is is Denny, hold at the moment. Yes. That man who was sitting across the aisle—he's going into the other car. What about him? He's the one who called. Come on, we're following him. Oh, Captain Drummond, what is the matter with you? Didn't you notice him? He was one of those broken-down characters you see in the subway by scores. Just the same, Denny. He's our man. You're seeing things. I certainly am. This. What? Look at it. Where where did you get that? When he walked by, he dropped it on the seat next to me. It's a piece of jade. Yes, Denny. The Green Stone. Come on. You dropped this. That... Boy, you... You must be mistaken. No, I'm quite sure you did, Mr. Smith. Oh. Then you are Captain Drummond. I am. I have to be positive. You gentlemen will save my life. You won't let them kill me. Just who wants to kill you, Mr. Smith? Smith, that's not my name, you know. It's not it at all. So you told Captain Drummond over the phone. You uh, you have no idea who you are? No, no, I only remember certain things. Well, I'm still interested, Mr. Smith, in your intended murderer. Murderer? Oh, Captain Drummond, you don't understand. Uh, there are many. Many? Yes, yes, there are uh, there are many in number, the devotees of Tzu. Oh, sir, this is clearly a case of the medical staff at Bellevue. Right? Oh, you think uh, I'm crazy, don't you? No, no, no. Uh, they all think I'm crazy, but I'm not. You, you, you must believe me. Yes, yes, Mr. Smith, of course. You see, I see their eyes following me wherever I go. They want the treasure I took from the temple of their fiendish goddess of hate. And they won't have it. Now! Uh, wait, sir, what's the matter with him? Here, Benny, help me hold him up. Oh, uh, yep. Easy, Smith, easy. Oh, sir, he is uh, in the play. Speak this speech, I pray you, as I pronounce it to you. What, what happened, sir? He's dead. Dead? dead. But, look, this knife in his back. Oh, but look, this isn't possible, sir. There was no one on this platform but us three. Ten what Smith said about tin soup. What are you talking about, Captain Drummond? What about tin soup? This knife, Denny, look at it closely. There's a figure of an oriental goddess engraved on the handle. I called the homicide. And while Denny waited for the police, I set out to find the murderer of the man who called himself John Smith. There wasn't much to go on. There were no identifying papers in his pocket. Just 68 cents in change and a circular brass tag which had on it the number 7 and the name Croft Hotel. I checked the phone directory and found that there was a Croft Hotel on the Bowery. For half a buck, bud. Cash in advance. You hey, are? Take the in the second row down at the end. Hey, uh, what are you trying to pull? This ain't no four-bit piece. Yes, I know. I, I believe it's one of your article check tags. Yeah, but don't get you no flop here. Uh, where'd you get this tag? From John Smith. Smith gave you this? In a fashion. Now, suppose you let me see what Mr. Smith checked. Just like that, huh? Oh, you don't have to accommodate me. I can call Inspector Kelly down from police headquarters. Look, fellow, we don't want no trouble around here. We run a respectable joint. We don't want no cops crawling around. Might give us a bad name with our patrons. Sure, I'll show you what Smith checked. Number seven, right away. Yeah, here you are, mister. Just this envelope, is that all? That's all, mister. We don't pull no fast ones on the checks. All right, there's only a photo in there. That's a funny thing to check a photo. Crazy. Yeah, but that Smith character is a crazy character with that. A real Lulu. You know him good, mister? Only briefly. Do you recognize this photograph? Let me see. Yeah, it yeah, looks like Smith, only looks a lot cleaner. Ah, Smith, all right. Did he talk much about himself? Talk? That character could gab till the cows come home. But it was crazy kind of talk. All about treasures and a Chinese idol and how a whole bunch of Orientals was out to slit his throat. Crazy. Real crazy. It wasn't as crazy as you think. Hmm. What are you giving me? John Smith was killed tonight. What? Your kid? No, no. He's dead. I'm taking this photo. Sure, sure. Smith dead. Well, what do you know? Go figure a thing like that. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Good night. Good night, mister. I hope you get who done it. I walked out of the croft and down the dimlit stairs to the street. I didn't see the figure hidden in the shadows of the vestibule. I just heard the swish of the air and then... Ooh. Okay, I got the photo. Let's go. You're sure you feel all right now, Captain Drummond? Well, my head does feel a bit worse for the wear, didn't it? Say, this thing gave me quite a fright. You can imagine what it's done to me. I received the call that you were in hospital, naturally I fared the worst. Well, my head's all right, Denny, except for the thoughts that are spinning around in it. You didn't get a look at the person who struck you? No. But why should someone go to that trouble to get a photograph? I don't know. This entire affair is beyond me. We're taking Smith on the subway station platform there, and we're talking to him. No one else is in sight, and he's slain by an oriental dagger. But someone must have been there. The dagger wasn't thrown by anyone standing on our platform. How do you know? Because it landed in Smith's back. If you recall, Smith's back was to the tracks. Oh, now I see, sir. It must have been thrown from the platform across the tracks. That's it, Denny. But only an expert could accurately fling a knife from that distance. That's a fault to keep for ready reference. You say there actually is such a goddess as Tzu. Yes, yes, Kelly got me the information. She's an ancient eastern idol of hate, still worshipped in remote areas of Tibet. Then it must have been one of her devotees who killed Smith, just as he said they would. Those primitive people would naturally be accurate with a knife. They would. There's one thing that bothers me especially, Denny. What's that? Smith's final words. Yes, I thought them peculiar, too. It's in the play. Speak the speech, I pray you, as I pronounced it to you. You know, sir, I've heard that someplace before, but I just can't remember. It what... continues with as I pronounced it to you, trippingly on the tongue. But but if you mouth it, yes, yes, now I remember, sir. But if you mouth it as many of your players do, I had as lief the town crier spoke my lines. Of course it's from Hamlet, right? Right. A dying man recites lines from Hamlet. Perhaps it's a clue. But to what? Oh, this is the first occasion, Captain Drummond, that William Shakespeare ever served us in a murder case. Mm, an Oriental goddess and William Shakespeare. Uh, Denny, what time is it? Nine fifteen, sir. The studio must be open by now. Studio? What studio are you talking about? Peterson's Camera Studio. Take your next flight, Denny. It's on the corner of Fifth and Forty Ninth. Oh, I say, what are we going to do there? The back of the photograph, which was stolen from me last night, had Peterson's stamp on it. Perhaps for some luck, we'll lift the veil that fogged John Smith's memory. Maybe in Peterson's portrait files, we'll find the answer to who John Smith really was. Mrs. Cooper, do you recognize the man in this photograph?
1: Yes. Yes, it's Paul.
0: And you, Mr. Stevens? Look, Drummond, what is this about? I must insist that you answer my question. Of course I recognize that photo. It's Paul Cooper, this lady's husband and my former partner. Partner?
1: Yes, Mr. Cooper and Mr. Stevens were partners. They were in the importing business.
0: Importing what, Mrs. Cooper?
1: Oriental art objects. My husband and Mr. Stevens made frequent trips to the Orient.
0: And when was the last time you saw your husband?
1: Two years ago, his last trip.
0: And you've had no word from him? No words? What do you mean, Drummond? I mean, Stevens, that I saw Mr. Cooper last night. Oh, but you... I was with him on a subway platform when he was murdered. Captain... You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. I was with Paul Cooper on his last trip. The story was in all the papers. I went with him to Tibet. I was there when the bandits ambushed him. I saw it from the hill. I saw them kill Paul Cooper. <laughs> I'll be back in a moment to continue our story. According to verified reports, Paul Cooper had been murdered two years ago while seeking rare art objects on a trip into Tibet. Then if Paul Cooper was dead, who was the twin corpse in the morgue?
1: Captain Drummond. Must I do this?
0: Couldn't... It's necessary routine, Mrs. Cooper. You will have to view the body. All right, Denny. Yes, sir. This way, Miss
1: Cooper. Uh, oh. What is it? That ring on his finger. What about? I gave him that ring. I gave it to Paul when we were married. You were right, Captain Drummond. You, you did find my husband.
0: I received your message to meet you here, Denny. Yes, uh, I I did as you ordered. I've been following Lawrence Stevens every move since two this afternoon. He's in his house now. It's the white one across the street. Your hunch about him was well-founded. What happened? At seven o'clock tonight, he paid a visit to the morgue. So, Mr. Stevens wanted to view the body of his late partner. I had the guard watch Stevens very closely. He did something rather peculiar. When he thought the guard's back was turned, he pulled the sheet down off the corpse's shoulders. I had an idea that Stevens would do just that. What? He had to prove something for himself. What do you mean, sir? Stevens went to the morgue to make sure that the corpse there was not the body of Paul Cooper. What? John Smith, Denny, was a stand-in for a dead man. He was hired to pose as Paul Cooper. He was acting the part of Cooper? Yes, Denny, acting is just the word. Well, sir, I admit the actor was a good double for Cooper, but it's another thing to fool a man's wife. Oh, I don't think Mrs. Cooper was fooled. She made a special point of identifying the ring on his hand. I had that ring removed. The flesh under the ring was the same color as the rest of the finger. Oh, now I see, sir. If that ring had been worn for years, the flesh underneath it would be of a different shade. You see it, then? And I see still more now. In all likelihood, Mrs. Cooper had an idea that Stevens had killed her husband. She's a female counterpart to Hamlet. She hired the actor to play her dead husband. That could be. Well, it's undoubtedly exactly that way. Except for the fact that the play was enacted last night, not for the suspected killer, but for us. But why was it done for us? What could be the reason? Hold on. What's the matter, sir? There's Stevens coming out of his house. Oh, I say he's getting into his car. I wonder what he's up to now. There he goes, sir. All right, Danny, get started. Maybe he'll draw back the curtain for us on act two of this murder play. We followed Stephen's call. He was evidently in a hurry because he avoided the heavily trafficked thoroughfares. When we reached the lower end of Manhattan, we trailed him across town. And finally, he came to a stop in a narrow, dim-lit street that led to the waterfront. you getting out of his car, sir? Yes. Headed for the small hotel across the street. All right, Denny, after him. Find out who he's visiting. Right, sir. In a few minutes, Denny returned with the information. The desk clerk said he went to Room 703, sir. Did you get the name of the occupant? Yes, sir. Mr. and Mrs. Ken Arnold. Arnold. The desk clerk said Mr. Stevens makes frequent visits to Room 703, but not as Mr. Stevens. What do you mean by that? The desk clerk knows Stevens as a Mr. Adams. Evidently, Stevens was playing more than one game. Or perhaps it was just a different role in the same game. Time and waiting would prove which it was. So Denny and I sat in our car and waited again. It wasn't long before Stevens came out of the hotel, got into his car, and drove off. Now, sir, we'll see what his next stop is. You're taking up his trail without me, Denny. Oh, but, sir, what are you... If anything further surprising turns up, call me in room 703. I'll be there talking to the Arnolds. Now, go ahead before you lose Stephen's train.
1: Yeah, what is it? Mrs. Arnold. That's
0: right. What do you want? I'd like to talk to your husband.
1: Ken ain't here.
0: May I come and wait?
1: I don't know when he's coming back.
0: I have lots of time, so if you don't mind... I'll hey, just... get out of here.
1: Where do you think you're going? I
0: told you I'm going to stay here in this room until your husband returns. Oh, what do you want with Ken? I'd rather tell it to him.
1: Oh, is Ken in trouble? Is he in trouble?
0: You should know what kind of trouble your husband is in, Mrs. Arnold.
1: He's in a jam, isn't he? I told him to stay away from Adams.
0: Bad company gets you into bad habits.
1: I knew something like this would happen. I just knew it.
0: What's his tie-up with Adams? I don't know. If you tell me, it might help him when he comes to trial. Ah,
1: oh, you're a cop, sure,
0: sure. I felt it the minute I saw you. As I said, Mrs. Arnold, you have a chance to help your husband. But
1: I don't know anything, honest. I wish I did. Don't you think I'd want to help Ken? Think I stuck with him all these years for his good looks? Good looks, he ain't got.
0: I wouldn't know.
1: See there on the table that picture? That was taken when Ken and me was at the Kearney. Could still be there if Ken listened to me. Could have been right up there on top. No, no. Ken had other ideas, big ones. Big busts, they turn out to be. So we wind up with nothing. Ken could have been a star attraction. He was one of the best knife slingers in the business. Uh, What?
0: What did you say?
1: Knife slinger. That was our act. Ken used to throw those blades within a hair of me. He had class, and he never mucked. Mrs. Arnold, where did your husband go tonight? Uh, if you pick him up, he'll think that I've I... told
0: you before, you have a chance to help him. Now, Mrs. Arnold, I'm telling you that for the last time.
1: Well, all right. I guess it's better this way. Well? He's at the Landerson Turkish Bath. He goes there a couple of nights a week.
0: Landerson Bath?
1: Yeah, it's on 13th
0: Street. Oh, never mind. I'll get that. Hello? Denny, sir. Yes? I followed Stephen parked on 13th Street and then went into a place called Landerson Turkish Bath. He hasn't come out yet. What do you suggest that I do? Go ahead, Dennis. What? I say, the steam room is empty, sir. No one's in here. Stevens probably gave Arnold the warning and he left too. Come over here, Denny. What is it, sir? Under the bench, look. Oh, a body, and that dagger, sir. It's the same as the one that killed Smith. Help me turn him over. This is all of that knife thrower Arnold's handiwork. No, Denny. It's impossible for a man to stab himself in the back. What? This corpse is Ken Arnold. Come on. We're going to try to pick up Stephen's trail. Denny. What's wrong, sir? This door. We're locked in here. Well, try it again, sir. Wait, wait a moment. Listen. The steam pressure's being increased. Help! Help! Get us out of here! Help! We're locked in! No, no, it's no use of That door's made a steel plate. No one will leave. The steam is getting stronger. We'll be burned alive in here. We, we haven't got a chance. Yes, what it a... Hello, Stevens. Captain Drummond. I've been looking for you. What are you doing here? Mrs. Cooper asked me to come. Frankly, Stevens, you surprise me. What are you talking about? Your surprise at seeing me when you opened the door. Seeing me alive. Alive? Good what Mr. do you Larry? Mrs. Cooper?
1: Oh, it's you, Captain Drummond, won't you come in?
0: I have every intention of doing so. Oh, uh.
1: Why, uh, what do you mean
0: by that? You'll soon find out, both of you. Look, Drummond, I don't know what you have on your mind. But... I still have murder on my mind, Stevens. One additional corpse and the attempted murder of Denny and me. It's a good thing I'd phoned a police inspector to meet me at the Landerson Baths. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here to tell you what's on my mind. Denny wasn't quite so lucky. He's in a hospital in fairly critical condition. You almost succeeded, didn't you, Stevens? What? I have to eliminate Mrs. Cooper completely from this escapade, considering the fact that it took place in a men's Turkish bar. I
1: don't understand, Captain Drummond.
0: I thought by this time, Stevens would have filled you in on all the details. What details? First, the stabbing of Ken Arnold. Arnold? Arnold's dead? Suppose we three go downtown and we let the police take it from there. No one's going anyplace. Paul! Helen, it's Paul! Get over there with Drummond, Stevens. It can't be. He's dead. I, I I killed him two years ago. You thought you did, Stevens. Don't move, Drummond. Oh, I wouldn't think of it, Cooper. I have a very healthy respect for a 38. I believe that's the caliber. Yes, a 38 with six bullets. Three for you and three for Stevens. Simple division.
1: Here, Paul?
0: You crazy. Go around back and get the car out of the garage. All right, Paul. I've waited a long time for this, Stevens. But it's going to be worth it every minute of my waiting. Stevens seems to be too stunned to answer, Cooper. Sure. Stunned speechless. Seeing a ghost does that to you. Well, seeing the same ghost appear twice is, you must admit, a very trying experience. You seem to know quite a bit about it, Drummond. Two years ago, when you and Stevens made that trip to Tibet, he killed you. At least, he left you for dead and then gave the story about the bandit ray. You're doing Well. Evidently, it took a long time until your health returned. Sixteen months. And then you returned to America under a different name. You contacted your wife and devised your revenge scheme. You were going to make Stephen suffer for what he did to you, even if you had to force him to kill you all over again. That's why you found someone who could pass as your twin. Carter was a ham, only adequate. You had this man you called Carter, phone me, and attract my interest. Carter didn't know he was being served up as a sacrifice for your vengeance. What do you think? In the meantime, you in some way hinted to Stevens you were alive. The way was a phone call. I had Arnold handle that. Thank you. That makes it much easier for me. And quicker, too. Running behind my schedule. You arranged it so that Stevens would hire Arnold to kill you, or rather your stand-in. Everything was set perfectly. I'd be on hand for the murder. And to make it look legitimate, you put obstacles in the way of my tracking down the killer, who, according to your scheme, was to be Stephen. A good scheme, don't you think? Much too elaborate. Shall I finish? Certainly. You found out that I was getting too close for comfort. So you saw a chance to tie all the loose ends together. You were in the baths when I found Arnold after you killed him. You were the one who locked Denny and me in the steam room. It didn't work. <laughs> You know what they say, Drummond. If at first you don't succeed... I know what they say, Cooper. But it doesn't look as if you're going to have a chance to try again. Is he, Denny? No more chances for you, Cooper. What? Don't turn around. Drop that gun. Drop it or I'll fire right into the back of your head. With extreme pleasure, I might add. Well, Denny... It looks as if the state is going to have the pleasure of disposing of the gentleman. Inspector Kelly has Mrs. Cooper in hand, sir. Good. Oh, by the way, Cooper, you'll forgive me for lying about Denny's condition. You see, I had an idea I might need him for an emergency such as this. He was no more broiled in that steam bath than I was. And talking about heat treatments, you may look forward to one in the near future. The shocking kind. (laughs) I'll be back in a moment to tell you about next week's story. Next week, Denny and I discover that a block of four-cent stamps... Are enough reason to bring about the death of three people. You see, these stamps are worth a mere $14,000 per set. I call this story The Album of Death. Be sure to listen, won't you?